I can go through all the types and see, oh, the reason why we condition ourselves this way is out of fear. Welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. I'm Morgan King, your host, and I'm so passionate about sharing with you the spiritual concepts that have transformed my life. It is not always an easy path, but I know within my soul that if it's good on the inside, it's good on the outside. Through interviews with experts and my personal experience, we will break down how to live a spiritual life in today's society. My hope is that you find the inspiration and support you need as you explore your own journey to connect back in. Hello and welcome to Connect Back In Podcast. It's Morgan King, your host. And as always, I am so grateful that you are here today. I have a very exciting episode to share with everyone. It is an interview with my friend, Benji Denqua. We met at a retreat for my holistic life coach training and immediately we connected. His energy is infectious He's such a passionate human being in all facets of life. And the minute I saw him, I was like, we are meant to be friends. And throughout the retreat, we got to learn a little bit more about each other and got to spend some time afterward. And he is just a joy. So I was thrilled when he was willing to come on to the podcast and talk specifically about the Enneagram. So the focus originally was going to be solely on that. And then we kind of went off into a very amazing tangent and shared a lot of really fun insights. But he really is an expert in that area. And the Enneagram, if you're not familiar, the way in which I describe it, which is likely incorrect, Benji has a really great description during our um, interview with him, essentially is a way in which you can define yourself and identify yourself likes, dislikes, all the things. And I think it's so important that we learn more about who we are. Because when you know who you are, you can truly understand what you like, what you don't like, what you're passionate about, the people you want to hang around with, and it creates a more fulfilling life. If you don't know where you're working from, you don't know where you're going, right? So the Enneagram is just one of the various ways in which we can come about to learning ourselves, also doing shadow work, which he talks about. Um, But he shares really kind of the rationale behind the Enneagram, how he stumbled upon it. Um, And it's just a really, really great interview. And we also chime in, like it's basically friends having coffee together. So you'll hear us talk about things that we're going through, um, insights that we've had since the retreat um, and all the beautiful things. So a little bit more about Benji. Um, The theme throughout his work as a spiritual teacher, coach, and para-educator is to inspire, encourage, and support individuals and groups towards growing and expanding consciousness and potential. Whether he's giving a sermon, coaching one-to-one, or supporting a student in the hallway, he creates a safe space for people to feel seen, heard, and understood. He helps people see that anything is possible. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing to me, right? So he also is a life coach, holistic life coach. So he does one-to-one coaching. He can teach you more about the Enneagram. So after listening to this, if you fall in love with Benji, just as much as I have, um, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. I will have his handles in the show notes. Um, And feel free to just reach out to him and tell him what you thought about this episode. Or like I said, if you want to know more about his coaching practices or the Enneagram, he is truly an expert. I know you will really, really enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So take a listen and enjoy. 
Well, and I'm really glad that you're here and you're such an amazing soul. And I'm so glad that we met. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so happy to be here. (laughs) So, because you guys can't see, like Benji is like a ball of light, full of energy, very expressive. And it's kind of sad that you have to watch or listen to this in podcast form, but it's the way of the world. You're missing out on his charisma. So you can, <laughs> you can find that in other ways by following him and such. But we're going to talk all today about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, he is somewhat of an expert. And we learned this through our life coach training. We connect afterwards. And you just are a Rolodex library filled, filled with knowledge around this. And it's super mm-hmm. complex. I kind of just want to start off for those people who don't know what it is. Like, what is the Enneagram? And then also, like, how did you find your way into um, all the knowledge that you hold around it? Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. And again, I am so happy to be here. Um, so first off, I am not an expert. You totally I are, but go ahead. <laughs> I am definitely obsessed and definitely an enthusiast about um, the Enneagram. I love it. And I definitely want to become an Enneagram teacher for sure. Um, and what I mean by that is quote certified. Okay. Um, and so, but I love the Enneagram. And for me, the Enneagram strikes me as a, um, as a psycho-spiritual um, like transformation tool. So it definitely has elements of like of like psycho psychology in it, but mm-hmm. deeply rooted in spirituality, mm-hmm. um, and definitely like very transformative in nature. Mm-hmm. So I love I love the way one of my favorite people like described the enneagram. Right, one of my favorite teachers. So this is what he said. He said, "Often misunderstood as simply a personality tool to describe quirks and traits of people's individuality." The Enneagram goes much further than that. The contemporary Enneagram of personality illustrates the nine ways we get lost, but also the nine ways we can come home to our true selves. Yes. It exposes nine ways we lie to ourselves about who we think we are (laughs) and nine ways we can come clean about those illusions and find our way back to God. Wow. That is, I love how he just calls you out. Hello. Like, <laughs> we all do that, right? I feel Absolutely. like the, the way in which I found it the most profound is like when you started describing what you assumed was my number. Yes. I felt so seen and so heard. And so like, oh, that is me, you know, oh. because our identity is just entrapped in the stories we tell ourselves, right? So it's like, what's the truth? There isn't any truth. It's whatever you tell yourself, but the Enneagram mm. kind of narrows it into the succinct, like, rubric, if you will, you know, like, how you are and bring yourself back to God. That was an amazing explanation. Thank you. Yeah, that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I did not want to miss that because as you said, it's it's a little bit, it's a, it's quite... Um, it can be quite complex to mm-hmm. to understand and explain. Yeah, and I really appreciate it, and especially like distinguishing the contemporary enneagram, which is called the enneagram of personality, because oh. it wasn't always just about the nine personality types, right? Okay, it has, this, it has just very deep history. Yep, of more spirituality into it. 
How would you say, and maybe you don't know the answer to this and that's totally cool. I'm just kind of putting on the spot here is like, how is it correlated to the horoscopes? That's like the first thing that comes to mind. When I explain it, I'm like, it's kind of like your horoscope where like there's so much depth that then it's also like horoscope. It's like likes, dislikes, favorite number, color, you know, like very like, yes, not like high level. Mm -hmm. Somewhat quirks and traits. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that and that makes sense because I think that it it its history is is so deep and so wide mm-hmm. that there isn't an actual agreement on where it came from. Wow. Because, because it didn't. It just it showed up in a lot of different traditions. Okay. Over time. I mean, I'm I've heard up to like a thousand years. Wow. Yes. Like it showed up in ancient Egypt. It showed up in Korea. You know, like, year, I mean, I'm talking years and years and years ago. So there is kind of like, it, it has a mysterious nature to it, you mm-hmm. know, which again, to me, feels very like horoscopy, you know? Yes, so yes. It's, and, yet, and yet you see the validity, but yeah. it's hard to grasp and quantify. You know, yeah. it's hard to like pin it in a box. Totally. Um, Yes. Yeah. And so it has, you know, like it has people who kind of like brought it into the fore, you know, 50, 60 years ago. There's like names like Gurdjieff is this, um, I think he was like this Russian, um, like mystic, you know, kind of a thing. So anyway, I don't want to go into that because I'll totally get on that wrong. <laughs> Everyone that's listening is like, ah, interesting. I just love yeah. the tool. <laughs> Just, so how tell us more about that so how did you come to yes. fall in love with the tool like how did it come across your world yeah so i mean i am a huge as you know i'm a huge fan of um human energy and so i love all things kind of like personality types and typology mm-hmm. um but one of my friends um actually called me one day i think i was on my i was on my way to vacation in la and he calls me up and says oh my gosh um I just found out about this thing called the Enneagram. Um, and then that was it. Like you, oh my gosh, you have to check this out. I think you will totally love it. Um, he actually thought I was a different number, which is of course what we all do when we first find the cool thing, right? Yep, totally. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and most of the time we'll get it wrong in that initial stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, he, um, but that was it. And I mean, I jumped in. And Morgan, I have to tell you that I, very interesting, most Enneagram teachers will say the Enneagram will find you hmm. when you are ready. Yeah. When and the student I, is ready, the teacher appears. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I could not, I promise you, I was ready. Yeah. Any, any sooner, I would have run away. I would have run away just because of how, again, like I said, calling out the lies and the illusions that mm-hmm. we create mm-hmm. around to protect ourselves, right? It was yeah. so direct that I think I needed therapy to kind of prime the pump yeah. for, for, to meet the Enneagram. Yeah. And, um, and, and it took me, you know, it's very interesting because again, we're so like, it, usually, and maybe some personality types are more this than the other, mm-hmm. but I love just being like jumping from like A to Z to X to Y, like all over the map, map on the tool. 
Mm-hmm. So it took me a couple of rounds because I was like, oh my gosh, I could be that. Oh, that sounds like me, uh, you know. Yeah, because um, <laughs> it's like a questionnaire, right? Like you yes. fill out a questionnaire. Okay. Yeah. And that can be hard, especially because I remember doing it. I did it a long time ago. Mm. Um, and it was almost like halfway through the questionnaire. I was like, there's still like 20 more questions. <laughs> And I was like, what would you do in this circumstance? And I was like, I need more context. Like I couldn't just like answer the question, which was probably like determining my number along the way. 100%. I actually, I actually think, so there are those who go, who like just kind of cursory read. Yeah. Right. The heading, which was me. I read the headings and I was like, I sound like an enthusiast. I sound like, you know, that's probably not the best way to go. Yeah. You probably, you did it like second to best way possible, right? Through the, through a questionnaire yep. and a test. Most Enneagram teachers will say really doing a deep dive through the numbers. Okay. Will, is your best bet. Now there are, now there are more advanced tools for mm-hmm. testing. Okay. That, you know, that will, that guarantee more accurate kind of assessment. Um, or, or results, but yes, most of the time you want to really kind of read through. Oh, each the, one, each each of the numbers. Yes, wow. there are certain numbers. There are certain types that will immediately jump at you before you finish the rest. Like, oh my yep. gosh, that's me. Yep, yep. And there are some other types that are a little bit more com- complicated. A little bit, yeah. But interesting that you say that too, because it's like, and how you were saying that you had to be ready, right? When you receive this is like, it needs to be someone who's really willing to look themselves in the mirror and have self-awareness, right? With the objective of doing the Enneagram is to get to know yourself better. And so you might go in with the intentions of like, I don't even really, like none of these identify with me because I don't know who I am. Beautiful. You could not have said it better. I you you nailed it. I mean, because I think that it, the Enneagram requires a oh, risk sitting with it. You have to sit with it. And Morgan, actually, maybe you are a secret expert that I did not know about. I feel like the way you just nailed that, <laughs> that was incredible. Because usually after you're done with the party, you know, the party conversations and mm-hmm the trendy, cool nature of it, you're ready for the work of the Enneagram. Yeah, yeah. It really requires a, a sitting with it. I mean, I've been, I've been interacting with the Enneagram for six, seven years. Okay, and wow. I mean, most recently kind of went back mm-hmm. and did like another deep dive on my own type. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I did not see that before. <laughs> Wow. I mean, just keeps unpacking. Yeah. Well, because what's so interesting, you bring up a really good point is like, and I think everything happens as it should, right? We're all where we are exactly where we should be in this moment. And I think though, it begs the question of just like, why aren't we taught how to learn who we are? Like I was 30 and had no idea who I was. Yeah. I only knew what I thought people thought of me. That my reflection of who I or who I was and my identity was a reflection of how I all saw others see me, which is totally convoluted because it has their beliefs and their thoughts about themselves. And they've only seen such a small portion of who I am. And mm-hmm. then they're like, you're this. And I'm like, okay, I guess I am. You know, so 
it's such a beautiful thing. It can be a really beautiful process because then you can, when you know who you are, you're able to understand what it is that you want and what's important to you and what your values are. And then it helps you find nourishing relationships that are like that and nourishing work environments or experiences. It literally is the foundation of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that's so overlooked because it's like, oh, we'll just go through the motions. And it's like, what fulfills Benji isn't necessarily going to fulfill Morgan because we're different people, you know? And if you don't know who you are, how would you ever know that? That's right. So it's pretty wild. And you bring up a really uh, critical point that, you know, perhaps neither you or I are most qualified to address. Right? <laughs> but, but I mean, but we can in that we all know that right, some of this has everything to do with family of origin, right? Yeah. Some of, yeah. A lot of this has everything to do with that. But it's interesting because the Enneagram, again, like one of my favorite teachers, the Enneagram has this, this aspect of it. It's so wide. It has this aspect of it called the childhood wound. Now, it's really the language of childhood wound is very contested. And um, I, I can't remember right now the way this like this teacher that I really love and enjoy, he has kind of rephrased that idea of the childhood wound because his his proposal is that although most of us really do have and experience childhood wounds, mm-hmm. period, end of story. Mm-hmm. A large portion of us also have a misperceived childhood wound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's a very sensitive area, you know, to go. But for most of us, really good. For for most of us, we misunderstood Mm -hmm. the communication. Yeah. You know, um, from our um, caregivers, right? From our parent figures and stuff like that, and then. And we weren't sure, I mean, really, which is kind of how we develop these conditioned selves, right? Yeah. Is like, I looked at my mom as a very, as a little thing, hoping that she could read that I needed something. Yeah. And then when I looked at her, her facial expression looked weird. So I interpreted that as, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then the next moment I made up these conclusions and these real quick calculations how do i get her to see me yeah and there i am already developing the illusions of how to get my needs met by becoming what i am not yeah wow interesting huh it is and it's like because we've talked about this before is like both of us have been through therapy and a big part of it is when you go in the past and you kind of revisit those scenarios that are the quote-unquote childhood wounds or whatever and it's like the reframing of that process because you're seven six years old you take it in at face value and then you live with that principle that story that belief for your whole life and it drives so many decisions that you make and you don't even realize it and then you go back and you revisit and you're like that wasn't that at all. Correct. Like it's like so insane. It's so it, Yes, that that is, <laughs> and and for us to be able to laugh at it, I was like, we have to laugh at it. Tells me where like, we are in our spiritual growth. <laughs> yeah, 
Totally. Alan actually said, because I did my session with him last week and he was like, um, when you're able to laugh at it, you've grown past it. And I'm like, well, that's because we were laughing at the ego of how like stupid my brain was. Absolutely. But that's another story. Another episode. Um, But yeah, for me, the Enneagram, like, was, it was such an incredible, um, dare I say, like, upgrade from Mm -hmm my experience in therapy, right? So I went through therapy and then I met the Enneagram Mm -hmm. and it just kind of blew the whole thing open Mm -hmm. um, because it it called out in such direct ways, right? How we use our conditioned self to survive in the world, mainly how we get our needs met, right? Using very indirect ways right nine ways that we we kind of you know get our so anyway yeah we can no so that's a really good like kind of segue into it is like okay so i'm just thinking of in my head and maybe the listener has the same question is like okay so you now have found this right it's it's hard because it's so i don't want to say it's esoteric but it's like it's so like big and so deep and so far and so wide and it's so individualistic like the way in which I read a number is going to be different than the way that you perceive a number, right? That's everything. Correct. Like, let's say you identify your number, then what happened? Like, how did you start to bring to life, if you will, these principles so that yeah. they could support you better? Yes, beautiful. After you have gotten over the initial humiliation... <laughs> uh, I am a human. Oh, <laughs> After you have gotten over, oh my gosh, somebody knows me. I don't know who they are. I don't want anybody else to see this. So let's close the book and hide it. Yeah. Shame. (laughs) That's it. Nobody can know this much behind the scenes. Yeah. It's what I, it's what I thought. I went, oh my, and, and which is how really this that this is how the enneagram differs from other typology is that it's actually by motivation mm. so when you look at behavior you will get it wrong most of the time okay yeah it's it's by motivation so again calling us to go deeper than just the surface quirks and caricatures right God. So you mean like when you refer to motivation, it's like, what is your intention? 100%. Okay. Interesting. Because, because, because certain numbers mm-hmm. can do the same thing for very different reasons. Okay. Yeah. So for example, my partner, my wife, Megan, is, a, is another, is, you know, is, she's a type nine and I am a type two. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, those two numbers are incredibly similar. Okay. I mean, to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to stop guessing what I perceive the behavior I just saw was about. Mm -hmm. Because we've come to realize our foundational motivations, totally different. Okay. Megan's Behavior is driven by the motivation. I don't want to be left alone. I don't want to be separated. Okay. A fear of separation. Got it. Yep. Being left alone. My motivation is driven by, I don't want to be rejected. 
Okay. 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 So. Okay, go ahead. No, you go. Because it's still very similar. Yeah. Because I'm like, is it being left alone, rejected? What's the like element there that makes them different in your eyes? Yeah, let's 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 see if I can do this. Okay, so complex. It's it's really interesting because I, when I go out into the world, Mm -hmm. okay. Oh my gosh, this is your podcast is very vulnerable, so I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah, this is what we do here. Yeah. Everyone so, listening loves it. Yeah. Two days ago, I walked by a coworker and I said hello. And she did not even look up at me. Hmm. Can you hear in my voice already what's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I immediately feel rejection is coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my partner Megan. Will, will won't even notice that when she said hello, this person did not actually respond to her. Okay. However, for her, if she were to actually reach out for support, yep, for help, and did not get it, she would start to go into a panic. Okay. The feeling, the feeling of where, whereas I'm okay, I, I actually can quite like muster up and get stuff done yeah. <laughs> on my own, right? Yeah. For her, the feeling of being supported, massive. Okay. That and makes so, sense. Do you see? I mean, I, I, I do. I'm doing an Great okay. Great examples. Yes. Yeah. But I will immediately begin to, I feel I'm, very sensitive to the rejection. Yeah. To rejection. And I mean, yes. And and pretty much my entire output in life, unhealthy, is trying to prevent mm-hmm. rejection from happening. Okay. Yeah. So are the motivations generally fear-based? Uh, it absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. I mean, I think that. And it's funny because I was actually just thinking about that today, mm-hmm. just, you know, based on our teacher, you know, Alan yeah. who talks about how like it's fear or love. And I, I went, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. it's true, because when I can go through all the types and see, oh, the reason why we condition ourselves this way is out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very it's very likely. And again, I'll, you know, you'll have to chime in or we'll have to check this out but it it very much is likely the fear of not being loved i think that's where it all stems from yeah actually when i did um unleash the power within with tony robbins he actually he gets a bad rap sometimes because he has such like masculine energy but i also think his principles are more digestible for the common folk which Mm. is why they're not like the basis behind them is super spiritual like one of his teachers was wayne dyer like so one of the things that he says is like the two biggest human fears is I'm not enough. Yeah. And either like I'm unlovable or I won't be loved. Yeah. It was every fear, every fear eventually. So like even like being afraid of spiders yep. stems from one of Absolutely. those two variables, Correct. right? Yeah. Or concepts that do them. Absolutely. So the, the, the type one who is sometimes called the perfectionist or mm-hmm. the reformer, right? 
why are why are why do they feel the need to perfect either themselves, others, or the world? Because they don't feel enough. They don't feel like they're enough. Yes, like this is how I can make enough noise so that I am seen, felt, heard. Right, that's all the foundation of I'm not enough or I'm unlovable. Right. So then, so this is the, this is the fear base, right? So like you're doing Enneagram, you get this information and the objective really though, is for you to open your eyes to seeing how that's not serving you or how does it now? Beautiful. Beautiful. So after you have overcome the humiliation of your shadow, which is also like, oh my gosh, this is all the things that I am hiding behind the illusions, Mm -hmm. right? That I think are real after you've gone over that the next thing is awareness okay now hopefully you begin to see those things play out Mm -hmm. like i said two days ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) i said hello she did not say hello back in the past i would have gone the entire day and I would have created a story in my mind that I would have lived with for the next six months about how this person completely hates me. I don't know what I did on and on and on. And then I am in suffering. Right. Right. <laughs> so, Not only that, but you're going to attract that experience in a multitude of ways. Of course. Of course. Right. As, so as you can, I mean, so my, my life felt like it was filled with that kind of, I, I was, that's what I was attracting. Got it. So now you've kind of changed the narrative, if you will. And now what what was the experience like? So the awareness comes in big. That's going to stay for a while. Because like you said, Morgan, this is something that I have done for 36 years. Yeah, you're not just all of a sudden going to snap your fingers. Yeah, it's a pattern. Correct. And so... You know, and the Enneagram actually gives you a, a sort of like a pathway so the Enneagram kind of shows you when you're in unhealth, mm-hmm. this is what you look like. Mm. When you are moving towards health, this is what you look like. And so it gives you sort of clues yeah. and hints and maps towards what you can look for as you are moving in health, right? So once awareness has come in, it's yeah. now become, it now becomes the daily practice of moving in the direction of health. Okay. And when you say health, just meaning like your best self. 100%. Your, okay. your, your essence. Yes, your essence. And, and, and that's what's cool about the Enneagram. I feel like it, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to, you know, in, in therapy, for example, which is beautiful because, you know, you're, you're being asked to kind of draw out of yourself, you know? Yeah. The Enneagram gives you a picture that is almost close to accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so some, it's like a cheat code. So sometimes you can really see, that's why it's so jarring. It's because you can see it very clearly. Oh my gosh. And then, but it also, it also tells you about your essence, mm-hmm. not just the illusions and the deception, but who are you really? Yeah. And the good parts too, right? 100%. In fact, in fact, and your gifts, mm-hmm. you know, one of the ways that I actually it kind of in my own understanding and to help me understand it, one of the ways I thought about it initially was like, oh my gosh, we come into the world with these gifts mm-hmm. 
Okay, we come into the world with an, an essence that yeah. is true and love based. Yeah, and then we come with gifts to yeah. offer to the world. Yeah, and my my hunch was that when the conditioned self begins to come in, we use those gifts to serve ourselves. Mm. And what is, do you think that's good or bad? I think that is unhealthy. Yeah, because the objective is to use those gifts to help the world. Because you're okay. But I will say, in order to serve the world, you have to serve yourself first. 100%. And that is why the assumption was, you came already fine. Got it. Yes. And then you put all these cloaks on. I love the like visual of like clothing. Correct. You came you're like kind of hunched over and you're just like yes. not wearing any of your clothes. You don't yeah. like any of it. Yes. And then like you do the Enneagram, you figure your shit out and then you like take it off and you're like, and, then you, and then you start taking it off. Yeah. And where and who so, you were was there all along. Yes. So as a type two, whereas in the past, I used to use flattery as a means to garner love and affection and appreciation. Mm -hmm. Now I go, oh my gosh, I am loved. I am appreciated. I don't, I can actually genuinely validate and reflect back to people the essence of who they are, Mm -hmm. which is my gift to the world without any strings attached. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So it's almost like, and I just heard something this morning, no surprise, is like um, really profound to me. Again, another one of those things like being present. Benji and I were joking before we started recording that one of our members of our group right now um, had mentioned being present and we thought it was the most profound thing ever, even though we've heard it a million times. Correct. Um, But this one was more about when you are searching for something, so let's say you're lonely or whatever, it's not about getting to, it's about coming from and knowing that you, when you're in search for love, you need to give yourself love. You can't find anything outside you. It's like the worst thing we've ever been told is that once you get this thing or this person or whatever, then you'll be whatever it is you're looking for, but you can't actually do that because you have to come from love, success, whatever, in order to get those things. Beautiful. Funny enough, I just read something very similar just a few days ago. And I think it came from this book called Choose Again. And and it basically said, nothing outside of you needs to change. Yeah. You have everything you need. Oh, isn't that such a beautiful thought? Unbelievable. I love that. And I want it to seep through my every being. Yeah. But it's (laughs) almost like, so the Enneagram is being used to give yourself permission to say, I already am all the things I'm striving to be. Excellent. Like I said, you are secretly an expert. (laughs) Dude, it's like, doesn't it kind of piss you off a little bit sometimes? Like, because you're just like, we make it so hard and it doesn't have to be so hard. Like, why can't we just give ourselves permission to be lovable enough, worthy, perfect as we are, successful? Like, it's such bullshit that we require external validation through things, achievement, money. Like, it's such a bummer. Tragic. 
It is because we could all be living these thriving, abundant lives, which is why we're actually here. And I feel like almost once that happens, the universe is like, all right, you're done. Get out of here. It's like everyone I know that like passes away like a little too soon. I feel yes. like they like had it figured out. Yeah, they did their thing. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, you've reached the pinnacle. It's time to leave now. So these fools can figure out their lives. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can I can feel since since working with the Enneagram, <clears throat> I definitely I can see the growth. You know, like my therapist used to say, awareness is 90% of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when that incredible awareness comes in and it's like, oh my gosh, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Here I am. Now it's really, I can see, I'm like, oh, it's, it's almost like I feel full. Yeah. Like I ate. Yeah. Whereas before I was so hungry for stuff outside of myself. Yeah. Right. But now and 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 the and the validation also of who I am came strong as well. It's like, yes, you do know what people need, right? Like as yeah. my type, you do really have a sense of, you know, what people need and and you're able to really meet people's needs and really serve them. And right, there is like there is a beautiful um sense of like yes this is who you are my purpose yes yeah yeah and passion and all of and, that correct and so that yeah. was incredibly validating it wasn't just this like call out and then you're just left reeling you know yeah yes it's just like no no these are the things that you are searching for it's an illusion it's yeah. not out there it's you have it in here. <laughs> I know. It's so, but it's funny. I've learned that I feel like a hundred times over. And yet still, I find myself in That's the physical awesome. world, you know, doing those things. Cause all these concepts, this is nothing new I'm hearing, but it's yep. hitting me differently. A and B a part of me. I, I lack the grace sometimes for myself to be like, how am I not there yet? Correct. You know? Yeah. How do you, does that resonate with you at all? It, it completely does. Yeah, it really does. And I, I'm not sure what the answer is for that. <laughs> well, it's just grace and understanding and empathy and being like, we are human beings in a physical world. Like, beautiful. That's part of the deal we signed up for. And it's not about denying that because I think those things can bring beautiful mm. like experiences and joy and all that. But it's looking for the things in all the wrong places is kind of the, the gist of it. Morgan, it's interesting. I mean, you, you make a great point. What comes to me, it's actually interesting. My brother and I were just talking about this uh, two days ago. <clears throat> and I, I literally, I mean, I just came like clean. And I basically told him, I was like, I want to get away. Mm-hmm. I have had this like deep need to get away. And when we unpacked further, what came out was, I want to get away, somehow push the theoretical reset button, come back perfect. Mm. So that I feel empowered and authority to manifest in the world. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I mean, that, was a, that was a major, like, ego saturated, you know, I'm spinning essentially. You know? Yeah. And, and what, you know, and kind of what we talked about was like, wow, but this is your humanity. Mm-hmm. You're di- you, we are divinity and humanity. Yeah. Together. Yeah. 
And, and perfection is not a shift in who you become. It's a shift in perception and consciousness of that you already are perfect. That's, that's it. So isn't that interesting that we, that we can go there, that we can think, oh my gosh, I want to yeah. get away. Yeah. Let's reset. <laughs> yeah. Come back. Yeah. Right. And so I had to do a little like coaching on myself, you know, Yeah. Yeah. and sort of come from the place of you are already yeah. in your true essence. Yeah. Are already light. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you are having this beautiful experience mm-hmm. that is, you know, that is marred and painful and right, like this, all the things, all of the things. You know, I mean, I just saw a little thing. I think I, I haven't read it, um, but I think Brene Brown's new book. Yeah. I just saw an excerpt that really captured this very well, and I went, oh, and it was something about like your heart's been broken. You know, like you've been, you've gone through shit. Yeah. This is a, this is part of the human experience. But what's so funny is even when you brought up in the beginning, like you figured out your number and you felt a lot of shame or whatever on it. And what's so funny is there's thousands of other people that are that exact same number. Like we just assume separation and that we're only going through it on our own. Meanwhile, every single person, I don't care who the fuck you are, like we all are going through our own thing and we all think our thing is unique and no one understands, right? Like you can't possibly understand because you aren't mean. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point. You're doing it right. (laughs) That is very encouraging. Exactly. Yes. Encouraged by the fact that you are able to even like articulate, you know, some of these things that you're going through and you are on this journey home. And and, and there, and there is, you know, there is a a bit of a mystery Mm -hmm. that requires presentness. Mm -hmm. I was, I was actually going to use the word surrender. Mm. Yeah. There is a mystery that requires a surrender to some of the things that we cannot understand. Yeah. And just trust, in other words, same meaning. Yeah. But like, I feel like that's one piece that's such lacking in our lives that causes so much suffering is we assume we're in control. Mm. Yes, you're in control of what you focus on and your perception of an experience, but it's like, there's things going on around you that you just can't control. And whenever we're controlling and I do it all the time it's coming from an energy of fear because you're afraid that the outcome isn't going to be what you want it to be yeah that's right and I think sometimes the biggest lie is the fact that I can't show up and manifest because I have become aware that I am incomplete in my in my ego (laughs) Mm -hmm. right somehow the lie that I can't show up and offer my gift to the world Yep. Because I have work to do still. Oh God, I know. <laughs> and I feel like that's why with on this podcast, I am so vulnerable. And there's parts of me that wants to come on here when I'm having a total meltdown. And I feel like my husband's over there like, don't do it. Please do not. Don't do record. It. <laughs> because I want people to know, yeah, I share all these concepts, but I'm totally a basket case. I'm yeah. all over the place. Like yeah. one week I'm super sad, one week I'm super happy. It's like, this is just part of duality and contrast right. in life. 
That's right. I feel like that part we don't talk about as much. So we're like, here's how to manifest. Here's how to live a spiritual life. And it's like, yeah, there's still some crappy stuff about it too. And that's fine. It's more so just letting it be that way. And trying to construct it into something it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. Willingness and vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. One One of my teachers said willingness and vulnerability. And then you can trust that that you that you'll get there, like that you're there. <laughs> that you already are there. That you are there. Willingness and vulnerability is carrying you all the way right into you know into who you already are. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're, we're becoming who we already are. Yeah. And there's you a part of it's just uh, it's more like self-discovery than self-development go. or whatever. And I am about. I am deeply comforted and encouraged by that reality mm-hmm. that I am becoming mm-hmm. who I already am. Yeah. That is incredibly hopeful, mm-hmm. hope-filled, and incredibly encouraging to me. But even so, more so is like. I would beg to differ that you saying becoming isn't even, that's not you saying that. Yeah, that's the ego being like, I'll never get there. There's Absolutely. always going to be this inevitable line that delays the happiness, which is becoming. Yes. I've already became like I am. That's that right. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is why I love it. Cause I, this is the analogy that I equate it to is, um, I was, you know, I was deconstructing some like ideas about God that wasn't working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember thinking like, oh, I was handed practices mm-hmm. that either I caught them or I was taught them. When I was handed these practices, I thought the practices will will get me to God. Mm-hmm. And then I went, oh no, the practices are like teaching me how to swim in God. Yeah. Or to recognize that you are God. It's already, I am already God. Yeah. That is like was the most mind blowing concept for me is like that it's not something outside of you. And God can be anything, you guys, like spirit source, whatever it is to you. It's just essentially stating that there's a higher power running the whole deal. And it's like this idea of like, um, I've heard analogies such as God's the sun where the sun rays. Mm. Like, Source is the ocean. We're the waves of the ocean. Like it's all, we're all the same. We're all connected and we're all one. And we all hold like the true authentic, not your personality, not your physical body. Exactly. Source of who you are, the truth of who you are that never actually dies. That is the same spirit that we look outside of ourselves and worship, you know? I just lifted up my hands. In honor. <laughs> We're both physical. Like we like to talk yes. physical with our hands. Yeah. And so it, I, I so again I feel like being able to have language, what you just so beautifully articulated, there is a you that is literally God's self. Mm-hmm. I just need to let that sit. There is a you Mm -hmm. that is pure essence Mm -hmm. that is living in, you know, a bio, a biology. This rental car. (laughs) Right? You are still evolutionarily, right? You are Mm -hmm. still, 
you know, progressing and evolving, right? And so those are some of the aspects that we are dealing with. There is an egoic self, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of almost like helps us to exist in this, in this side, on this side, this realm, you know? Um, And so there is, but I think to be able to have that understanding, there is a you, I love, I love the way Michael Singer says that there is an observer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, I, I want to encourage your, your audience to hold this lightly because sometimes this can be a little bit intense, but you you know, when you say I'm feeling sad and then he goes, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. do you understand the level of enlightenment mm-hmm. you have to be able to know that you are sad? Mm-hmm. How did you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, there is an observer yeah. who was able to know yeah. that you are having this experience. Yeah. That's you. Yeah, that's who you are. You're the awareness. You're not the thought. You are not. The You're thing. not the identity. You're not the bag of skin. And I think that's what's so interesting. And that has been the most challenging concept, I think, for me to grasp. It does make sense, though. Like, <laughs> you guys, the voice that's... The, the, the thing that's listening to the voice inside your head. You're not the voice in your head that's incessantly talking. You're the awareness. Absolutely. And the observer of that voice. And that part of you cannot be threatened. It that's can't right. be hurt. That's it right. can't be judged. That's it's right. It's literally resistant to all those things it's our thoughts that tie together those those judgments i can be hurt or whatever so like what's really been a huge shift for me i'd probably say in the past year is like something would happen and i just don't react anymore like actually i was doing yoga this was probably like a year ago now but my husband came in and he's like someone broke into your car last night i was like all right cool and he was just like why aren't you more upset and i was like because I'm going to choose peace over this. It's already happened. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm doing yoga. I'm not going to let that ruin my day. And it, you do have a choice. And at uh-huh. the, in the past, I, did, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I was like, I get upset. I get fearful. I get worried. Oh, my God. There's someone going around our neighborhood. How did I attract this? Whatever. All the stories. And it would create so much fear and worry and take away so much of my peace. And I had a choice to just let it go. Beautiful. Because the truth of who I am can't be hurt by someone breaking into my car, you know? Uh, you just described not only the Enneagram, but I feel like we are living in a time where there are so many resources. We, mm-hmm. we, we, can, we, can, we can be very, very excited about this time because mm-hmm. there are so many resources pointing us to that reality helping us lean into the essence of who we are, yeah. right? Like the Course in Miracles says, right? The, the part yeah. of us that cannot be threatened <laughs> yeah. by anything that is happening. There are so many resources that is raising the water level yeah. to kind of really help us. That is incredibly encouraging to me. Encouraging. Yeah. And, and whatever, you know, kind of whatever as one of my teachers says, whatever gets you there, essentially. You know? Yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Whatever tool gets you there. But for me, that this is such an incredible reality that oh, there is a, yeah, there is a, there is a deep, there's a part of me that 
is completely is that is all that there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm learning, I'm learning to if you know, I I mean I wonder what you think about this. It seems like the goal is actually to come home to that. And maybe that's it. I mean, that that may be the kind of point. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Cause I think like knowing that nothing your true self can't be threatened, you take all your power back. No job loss, no financial setback, no relationship loss can affect you because you don't allow it to. Right. Nothing can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I feel like sometimes people think they're doing themselves a disservice by assuming that and being like, I hold the power, but I need to let myself get upset. I have a right to be upset. And that is the worst positioning you can give yourself because it's giving your power away to things, people, and circumstances outside of you. And they don't have the power unless you give it to it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's energy. Yeah. It's energy that can be creating (laughs) and generating life and abundance and, you know, resource that is being put towards um making my point you know yeah and i am and i am that's my journey <laughs> i think that's all of our journeys and i think too i think the challenging thing too is like so we like went on that retreat right for our group coaching thing and you learn all these concepts we grew together and then you have to like immerse yourself back into reality and i feel like that's where i get caught up just as a human being is how do i show up in the world as this physical version of Morgan, knowing these concepts, knowing this, he's not coming off as like someone who doesn't care or doesn't want to listen or whatever. And you really have to just stop looking outside yourself for approval too, because once you stop doing that, then like you don't have to show up in a certain way. Okay. So if nothing has power over me, how would I show up differently? Oh my God, my whole life would change. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're so right. This morning, I, I think before we got on, I was like, yes, life is happening <laughs> to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, but I think it was interesting because this morning I actually had to say to myself, like, like, Benji, you, you have time. It's okay. Yes. You have time to evolve. You yeah. have time. I mean, the fact that you, again, the fact that you recognize mm-hmm. recognition, the fact that you recognize that you are troubled, that you are disturbed. Mm-hmm. Michael Singer will say high level consciousness right there. Mm-hmm. Even before you did anything, yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, again, lean back into the true self instead of do anything. <laughs> yeah. Lean and it's back. like this double standard in a way of just like, you're never going to get it all done. Of course. You're never going to get it all done. You'll never yes. stop growing, wanting, desiring, learning, etc. That's so, right. So because of that, you got to assume that you already are there because you'll never reach this pinnacle. It's always going to move. So you got to give yourself permission to feel that now and then just allow yourself to ease through the journey because it's like we're assuming this like destination will happen and we're just going to go. All right, now we're done. And that is only once you give yourself permission and you shift your consciousness to give yourself that and then you just keep growing and there's no rush because beautiful you can just be that's that is beautiful dude can I you was, believe it's 154 
I almost Did I black out. <laughs> what? I just I just looked at the time and I went, I think we got carried away and we're back. <laughs> oh, hi everyone. Welcome. Uh, okay. <laughs> Gina just went super deep. So I was gonna have you go through kind of the things of the Enneagram, but just because we're running short on time, um, I would love to chat a little bit about your coaching. Yeah. And like maybe the services that you offer, just because um, if anybody found this interesting, I have an assumption you're going to want to connect with Benji. So tell me, tell me about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I am a life coach mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'm just too, too, there are too many people who feel, you know, discouraged and hopeless and just stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, my work, you know, in the world is to just help people find confidence and gain clarity and feel empowered to, you know, kind of to create the life that they want and to get stuff done. And so, and I love, 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 love it. I love uh, being able to help people kind of just, you know, get unstuck and, and feel like, oh my gosh, they can breathe again. You know, yeah. I mean, that is probably the biggest thing for me is being able to just see somebody like taking a deep breath. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, re- like realigning, recognizing who they really are. Yes, <laughs> yes. Exactly. And then we can go to the next level for, I mean, the next step, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yes, this is the thing I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's your, pur- it's your purpose for sure. Yeah. It, it, I am. I am so delighted to be able to be doing this uh, for my work now. That's awesome. So, so we'll have uh, links in the show notes for anybody who wants to reach out or connect to Benji. Um, I do want to finish up with one question that I stole from Oprah because I'm obsessed with her. On her Super Soul Conversations, she often will ask, "What do you know for sure, mm. Benji? What do you know for sure?" I know that I am loved. Mm. And I know that we are going to be okay. Yes. Yeah. I know that. It's so deep. (laughs) I know that I am loved. I know that when I say, and when I say I, I'm speaking for all of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're deeply connected, right? We know this. so. So I know that I am loved and I know that I am going to be okay. Yeah, that's super powerful. Great mantra. Yeah, this is this is this is going to work for me as at thirty-seven. Let's check in at seventy and see how it. <laughs> I know my sister actually just turned thirty-eight, and her favorite thing to do is okay. So I'm thirty-eight now. So plus thirty-eight, she always like times her age, and she's like, she, the other night, what is that? Seventy-six. She goes, "Whoa, that one's pretty far away." <laughs> I was like, girl, it's only 38 years. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. This was so thank great. You. Thank you so much for being here. Wow. And um, yeah, I'm just very grateful for you. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. And have me back, please. Yes, we will. Follow up. We can talk about more of the things I had on the agenda. Excellent. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We sincerely appreciate your feedback. 
Stay tuned for another episode of Connect Back In. And thank you for listening.